community events isn't about me. It's about connecting people. It's about building community. You know, in life, you're, you're motivated internally by three things, sex, food, and the, the need to belong. And so, you know, obviously hunting provides the food, super important. The sex, we can talk about that on a different podcast, <laughs> but, uh, but the need to belong. Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health Podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. You can follow us at HuntHarvestHealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. All right, let's do this. Hey everybody, I'm back. It's Dr. Hillary. It's been a while since we put a podcast out. Um, it's just me tonight because Ryan is actually in the backcountry right now with a group of guys uh, for the Western Hunting Summit Mule Deer Summit. Uh, last weekend we had our elk summit for the summer. As many of you may know, we had two scheduled, but um, COVID put the damper on that. And so we were able to move it quarantine was lifted and so we were able to actually do the elk summit last year last week for the guys that could do that guys and gals that could do that and that was awesome it was also a big learning curve for us because um, having two summits right in a row made us realize that having two summits or more than two summits is craziness um, especially when we have agreed to provide most of the food for the weekend, um, which includes barbecues Friday and Saturday night. We're making lunches for everybody um, Saturday and Sunday plus snacks. And Ryan um, was lucky enough to get the llamas for both elk and mule deer from Mark Livesey um, from Treeline Pursuits. So they were able to take up dinner on the first night and breakfast the second morning. So those guys are getting spoiled up there on the mountain. I am currently sitting in my house. Uh, I just got done baking cookies and cutting up elk meat for stew this weekend to marinate it. So I literally don't have a child in my house. I don't have a husband in my house. Um, nobody's here but me. And it's really nice. So I am actually in my bathing suit sitting on the back deck doing this podcast intro in the sunshine, getting my dose of vitamin D um, that I've been sorely lacking well, for the last year, probably, and definitely in the recent um, past, just because I've been on my computer a lot and getting prepared. And of course, I'm doing telemedicine now. So I spend a lot of time upstairs in my office um, on my computer. But it's beautiful. I think it's probably in the 80s today. Um, and we lucked out last week with amazing weather. And hopefully we're going to get that this weekend. We also have one more summit after July 4 weekend. We are taking a small group of guys and gals. I'm going to get to go on this one. I'm so excited. Even though I'm not really sure I'm that excited when I've seen the itinerary that Ryan has. He keeps doing this. Are you sure you're going to be able to do this? Are you sure you're going to be able to do this? So I guess it'll be a good story whatever happens. But I need to get out. I need to get out in the mountains. I need to get away. And I need to see what these guys are doing up there and what they're learning. And I think it'll just be fun um, to be in that environment. And not to be on the other side where I'm doing all the back-end prep and getting the weekend education ready. So the, the Bear Summit... It's totally different, four days in the backcountry strictly, so pretty cool. But I will say, it's been a lot of work, and um, when you commit to doing events like this, holy cow, it's um, it can be a bit overwhelming. But I think we pulled it off last weekend, got a lot of good testimonials, and the, the group that we had for elk was just stellar. Um, we had a lot of people move to next year, so uh, next year we're going to, we already have a great group of people that are signed up for next year, and um, we're working on getting that set, but it was just, it was so cool. It's just so cool to be in community. It's great to see people in this, whatever you want to call it, lifestyle in this genre, um, coming and getting educated, uh, learning to be healthier, um, we're all exercising together, um, eating all our, almost all our meals together and getting to know people on that level and seeing really how everybody comes at this from their own life experience and really just seeing leaders in, 
in that because I, I feel like the people that come to this that invest in this invest in themselves they really are leaders and um, they they realize that education and learning from people um, makes them better so we have from beginning hunters to people that are experienced hunters so there's really no like level um, but it's been fun to be in a great leadership um, positive community which I feel like is what we we really needed right now. Um, the podcast that I'm putting out today, interestingly enough, is we did back in February. So we did this podcast at the Hunt Expo in February. And why I haven't gotten it out before February, like, pfft, don't even get me started. But I realized that the this podcast, um, when I listened to it, I had it on, you know, I had it on record and I just I had it on the disc and I just never listened to it afterwards. Kind of like that with podcasts. Sometimes you build a podcast and then you want to launch one. So you go listen to it and you edit it. And, uh, it was, it's kind of eerie to actually listen to this podcast and to see what's going on in the world today. Because since we recorded this podcast mid February, obviously we all know a month later, everybody's lives changed. Um, we were quarantined, and then that went on for months, and then we had the um, the the killing of George Floyd, and we've had the riot, the protests, peaceful protests, not peaceful protests, rioting, um, and all the racial racial changes and tension that's going on. And as we talk in this podcast, we were talking about the hunting community at the time and like what we saw in the hunting community and how we wanted to improve mentorship. Um, this podcast was no in no way directed at what's going on right now because how could we actually see what was going to happen? But I kind of got like the hairs on the back of my neck stood up based on some of the topics that we talk about in here. So, um, yeah, the world right now is a place that, you know, we're having a lot of change. We're all being forced to, I guess, look inside ourselves. And at the same time, it's really reminding us that there are actually very good people out there everywhere. Um, and that's what I'm trying to say in this podcast. And, and Ryan and, and John Johnny, who's our guest, um, is that really... It's all about spreading love. It's all mentorship is really about just sharing the love. And it really comes down to it, it, it doesn't matter your sex, your race, um, your age, any of those things. Um, it's about helping people so that they can be better in the future. And um, I think it's a pretty powerful podcast right now. Plus, I mean, it just kind of fits in with what Ryan and I are doing with the Western Hunting Summit. So sorry I didn't get it out sooner, but hey between elk and mule deer summits. It's kind of perfect timing. So Johnny Mack is the guy that's going to be on. He has what's called, um, I think his website is, and I have it here. It's uh, washingtonwabackcountry.com. So it stands for washingtonbackcountry.com. And it's, it's about hunting, recruitment, mentorship. And he is an adult onset hunter who didn't have mentorship even as an adult. And so he is also an educator in the schools, which is very interesting um, to hear his take on that and how he wanted, to, he realized there was a lot of need for this type of mentorship in his life and possibly other people's lives. And so he actually kind of grassroots in his place where he lives. He actually is from the area Ryan grew up in and that we lived in for gosh, 20 years. So he's reached, he's, he's reached out and he's expanded his community by helping others get motivated about hunting and about true mentorship. And really his thing is probably like Ryan and I's is like bringing people together, no matter what side of the fence you're on politically, no matter what side of the fence you're on religious wise, like everything. I mean, everybody has their own brain and they all have their own ideas and, I feel in my heart that the majority of people, and I know Ryan will second this, is that we are good. And they don't wish harm on any one person, any one sex, any one race. Unfortunately, that's not everybody. And so, you know, we have to realize that our future and our past, there are things in the past that um, were atrocious. And we talk about that in here. Um, I think we also talk about the past a little bit in, in the context of 
what are the rituals now that we have for children um, for figuring out who they want to be and what they want to do with their life, whether it's a hunter, the warrior, it's a, it's a healer, it's a teacher, you know, what are the initiation rites? What are the positive influences and um, ways in which children are getting that this day? And we kind of agree it's not very much. It's, it's really hard the way our societies are set up now to be so like independent, separately independent. So it's a really good podcast, and I would encourage that you listen to this with like an open mind and open heart. Um, and if you have something to share, and this is kind of what I talked about last week at the Elk Summit um, with the attendees when I talked, it's like having purpose is so important for everything. Like if you want to get healthier and you want to change your life and you want to lose weight, and there has to be purpose behind it. Um, I find like with patients, I see it a lot. Like, oh, they want to be skinny, but they don't really know why they want to be skinny. They don't know what they're doing. They hate their job. Um, they're in a bad relationship, like whatever. And they don't feel like they have a purpose. And I, I think, and I know that a lot of things come down to feeling like there's no purpose. So like Johnny Mac has a definite purpose, like his mission statement, like everything about him, he has a definite purpose for where he wants to go with himself, his community, his organization. And he's also a podcaster. So you can check out his uh, Soulful Hunter podcast. You can go listen to that. And he's an educator in the schools, So he's dealing with our children. And it's just really, it's great to see somebody so positive and gives me hope that there's there's so many great educators out there um, who want to pass some of these lineage things on that are positive. Um, lastly, just a few things. Rifle covers started getting shipped out yesterday, um, and our next shipment comes in in a couple weeks. So if you're waiting for a rifle cover and it isn't coming in the next week, you're in the next shipment. We're sorry about that, but COVID kind of put a kibosh on getting things, getting supplies, um, even to get our boxes. And let me tell you, the presentation on these is stellar. Ryan really wanted to make the presentation amazing. So we got some cool boxes and a great presentation, but to get that stuff, it takes time more than just ordering like a plain cardboard box. But I think you'll appreciate it. And a lot of hard work went into these. So if you want a rifle cover and you're okay with waiting maybe a month to get it, go to the website stealthyhunter.com. You can shop for a rifle cover right under shop. And um, go ahead and get yours if you know you want to have one. Um, our last shipment sold out like in three days. Um, <laughs> so now we're, we're trying to catch up with that. But yeah, check that out. Also, guess what, folks? CBD is ready. And it's our first brand. And I wasn't going to really say anything because I put it out to an email list last week and I sold a lot of product. And then I kind of panicked like, oh, geez, I need to build my inventory up. So we have done that and we're doing that right now. And I'm excited to say that StealthyNutritionCBD.com is up. Um, Go check that out. We have two formulas now, a tincture and a capsule. They're different than our last formulas, but we have vetted these. We've used these. Ryan's used these religiously in the backcountry, um, and I'm really excited about it. It's kind of my first attempt at having our own nutritional brand, which, I mean, CBD was just kind of the natural place to start because that's what we started with last year. Um, if you want to try out our, our new formula, you want a tincture, and um, we're probably going to be adding some other products to it as well, um, go check that out. And I feel like you're going to love it. And I've had amazing response. So thank you to everybody who supports us. I, I cannot tell you enough. Like it almost makes me choke up because when you put so much work into something and you, 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 you vet it and you sit on a computer for days and days and days and days and you hire people to help and you get the product and then you get the labels and you get this. And just like with this, the rifle cover, that thing's taken over a year to get to where Ryan wanted it. 
And then to put it out there and just have people buy it because they trust you or because they took your product before and they loved it. Um, you know, trust is a huge thing for us. So we are like totally transparent. Everything about our companies are transparent. You have a question, you call us, you email us. Dang, I'll do my best to get back to you. And if I don't get back to you, somebody else will get back to you. But we really want to be like the place where you can come and hopefully feel that the products are built for true health. Um, and I wanted to do something different in this industry. I wanted to bring products to you guys that you need and, and that you trust and um, that aren't just the same products that you guys see every so go to stealthynutritioncbd.com if you want to check that out. So thank you for supporting us. It means a lot. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm just in like cooking, feel like cooking, <laughs> what's the word, purgatory for like three weeks now. Um, so I'm going to go back to making some zucchini blueberry bread tonight uh, for our, our folks this weekend but enjoy this podcast all the show notes including everybody um, that supports our podcast all the promo codes where you can get anything that you want like sheep feet food um, that kind of stuff oh and I just wanted to mention one last thing you got to go check out this company called meat and they we got some products um, because we have meat production equipment that was really old. Like we had an old Cabela's grinder and um, literally we had it for so many years and we used it so much that the the like blade wouldn't even like stay on, um, uh, wouldn't stay on right. So it rattled, like the whole thing rattled. I was always like, every time I ground food, I was just like waiting for that thing to like explode. Um, and so Ryan um, kind of did his research, which he does his research constantly. And he found um, some new products to help us with our um, food processing. And so we got a grinder and he also got a vacuum packer, which is like a sealed one. I can't even explain it to you. It's super fancy. But it's what he used to have in the fishing industry. So when he worked, he would they would have to vacuum pack herring and et cetera. And it's a it's a high grade one. And it vacuum packs like we made brats, um, elk brats and bear brats for the last two weekends and like it vacuum packed them like crazy. It's amazing. So their website it's called meetyourmaker.com. It's kind of catchy. Meet your maker. And they pretty much have everything you want. Meat grinder, vacuum sealers. Oh, we got this gorgeous food dehydrator. It's like stainless steel. And we've been a big Excalibur fan. We still use our Excaliburs, but we got this fancy stainless steel one for pretty much the same price as an Excalibur. Um, and that one is awesome. So Ryan made all his sweet potato leathers this weekend and last weekend in it. And, um, it's got 10 trays instead of nine trays. So that's nice. You can see through it. It's really pretty. It's stainless steel. It looks good in your kitchen. And then we got a sausage stuffer. So we were able to make all the brats for both weekends with our own sausage stuffer, which is a really interesting machine, but it makes it super easy to make sausage if that's what you like to do or brats. So, um, and we worked with Birch Barrel to make some brats. So support Birch Barrel. They're amazing. They have cooked for us both Friday and Saturday events. They're doing it again this weekend. Um, Corey at Birch Barrel. If you want a Birch Barrel, call Corey up, get one. I mean, they are awesome. So between the meat products, having a birch barrel, um, man, making brats has been heaven. So um, anyways, I just wanted to say that if you're into food prep, check those guys out. And yeah. All right. Anything else, find it in the show notes. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Holidays coming up next weekend. I don't know if I'll put another podcast out, but I'm sure Ryan and I will do that. If you have any questions, I don't know. I could do some health podcasts. Got questions? Send them to me in the email. Um, send us other questions for Q&A. Otherwise, okay, everybody, signing off. Let me see. Okay, it worked. There we go. It's our recorder's old. That's why it does that stupid formatting thing.
Is it two, three, and four? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Do you guys roll with one of these as well, the amplifiers? This is our mm -hmm. setup right here. Oh, okay. Exactly. I think... Same. Did I tell Mark this setup last year? Mm, I don't know. I think Mark might have taken pictures of our setup last year, or he asked me and I sent him pictures or something. Because, geez, I feel like... Their Zoom looks way newer than ours. Oh, yeah. Ours is all ratty. Our Zoom doesn't even up. let you record more than one <laughs> podcast over another on an SD card. You've abused this thing. <laughs> um, all right. Hunt Harvest Health family we are back <laughs> oh boy. and as long, you can hear there's two guys here laughing it's a long weekend here at the expo yeah so ryan you want to do the introductions come on all right introductions uh we've got doc hill to my right <laughs> people know who i am and they're probably like no more doc hill yes and uh and to my left we've got johnny mack yep who it has, we like, were the coolest name ever. I know. Like it's like a rapper's name, like I'm Johnny Mac. Like, <laughs> is it your real name? It is actually it is. well oh John is my real name. The, okay. the NY came with uh I was a quarterback, the okay. sports name, you know, Johnny yeah. Mac. Kind of just yeah. Johnny Mac. You sound like a quarterback. It does sound like a quarterback. It rolled off the tongue. Were you a quarterback? You were a quarterback. You just said that. Yeah. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'm tired. It's a little late in the day. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is uh yeah, end of day three mm -hmm. of podcasting mm -hmm. and just being here at the Western Hunt Expo. So, yeah, we were on Johnny's uh, podcast, the Soulful Hunter podcast, Yep. yesterday morning. Yeah, for a little yeah. Valentine's, yeah. Day. Valentine's Day. Hill and I got to argue a little <laughs> bit. Um, he uh, hit us with some super heavy questions that uh, we didn't agree on all well, of. Well, what Ryan liked about was it was he actually gets to defend himself in that podcast, unlike Randy Newberg's where... He was yeah. like, excuse me, you said what about me? I was looking uh, for my opportunity. Yesterday, he could just be like, grab the back. microphone. Yeah, I don't agree with that one. Well, it was a little bit awkward because uh, there weren't headsets. There, it was a microphone. So um, I think at one point, she was holding on really tight. And I really <laughs> wanted that microphone in my hand to defend myself. And and I, I tried to pull it away a little bit. And, and then he kind of kept it there like, I'm holding she, the microphone this whole time and you could just talk and do it. <laughs> she yelled at me on the podcast. It was great. I yelled at you? No. But, oh, my uh, God. So now, see, we'll get everyone to go to your podcast and listen to it. So Full Hunter Podcast, Valentine's Day, The Lampers, and Our Perfect Marriage. Make sure you title it that perfect in all caps. Yeah. Valentine's <laughs> Day love. You got to see the picture that I took of you guys after. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Oh god. That was great. Yeah. Well. So it was anyway, fun. yeah, we've been we've been um, you and I have been talking a little bit yep. over the year um, about what you're doing back in Washington State. Yeah. Uh, an area that I've spent my whole life in. You are you Snohomish, right? I'm born and raised in Marysville. Okay. Actually, yeah. And that right now you're in Snohomish, Snohomish area. I grew up in Snohomish. My, most of my life until my I met Hill. My medical practice was there for 13 years, yeah. yeah. We know Snohomish. Great yep. space. Yep. So, um, yeah, Washington Backcountry is your handle. Yeah, it's the Instagram business. handle, um, website as well. Yep. And then from there, spurred on the podcast because I, I need to have a little bit more of a voice, a platform for sharing the mission that I, f I feel spurred on to, to deliver. Yeah, tell us about that mission. That mission is mentorship, is conservation. I was not raised a hunter. I'm 35 now. I took my hunter safety at 29. Had no community around myself to support me on my journey. And, you know, like in any good field or, you know, job, you want to be a doctor today without the mentorship and guidance of other people mm -hmm. that helped, you know, helped you and supported you along the way. And, and so when it came to hunting, it's like, it's something that was in my soul all along. Always wanted to hunt. You know, Red Rider BB gun when I was a kid, a Christmas story, you know, all that, uh, you know, John Wayne riding his horse and Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. I was like, dude, the self-reliance, the grit, the courage, all of that, that like just spoke to me. And so hunting, not being raised in a household that hunted, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't taught gun safety. My dad fished, he hunt, uh, he backpacked, you know, so I was raised in the woods but there's something different about being an observer of nature versus a participant in nature. And that is where hunting really allowed my soul to explode. And so 
I took this journey of uh, becoming a hunter late, late in life and I found passion in it and I realized that mentorship was something I was really lacking in the, in the hunting community. It's very, you know, like my father hunted, we hunt, we hunting camps, all this stuff, very, you know, exclusive. And I even got turned down by a couple of people and I was like, hey, can I go hunting with you? That was hard. That was hard to hear. And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to learn, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to get in and throw me a bone and whatnot. So so I, I started, you know, taking the internet. You know, you were a big resource and seeing what you're doing on social media and, and YouTube and researching and researching and doing all this stuff. And so finally, you know, I had some success. My first uh, big game kill was a black bear nine miles deep in the backcountry of Washington State. Ended up shooting it in a pair of Birkenstocks that a yoga instructor and her her two male students were on a day hike all the way up there. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I didn't believe she was the one who actually spotted the bear. I was like, there's a bear right there. <laughs> and so that's why I ended up like chasing this bear down and wearing Birkenstocks and shooting it right there in front of them. And they're just like... <gasps> And so that just like spurred on How everything. How did you get her Birkenstocks on? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have a little history. I used to work at REI, so I like to bridge the gap between, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> funny. Those were his Birkenstocks. Oh, Those are mine. Yeah, I, I, got, mul- no, I got multiple pairs. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was looking like, a little confused over there. I was wearing the there. yoga teacher's Birkenstocks, so I killed the bear. I was, I was like, like hey, let, let me borrow those real quick. <laughs> you must have been a big woman. Is your feet probably aren't that small. Oh, yeah. So, um so that story, I mean, it's been told a couple different places and, and, you know, I'd love to share it again, but also, you know, it, it's a little long, but the point is, is, you know, I had success and realized like, dude, this was so special to me. Other people got to have the opportunity. Hmm. And so I took to, uh, Instagram originally started Washington Backcountry. That's the handle and just started putting pictures out there and before you know it you get followers and ironically you actually followed me back when i only had like 100 followers probably because you saw washington backcountry you're like oh that's a cool it's got to be my people yeah like (laughs) we're right here in the soul so uh just kind of start building it and building it and then it turned into okay an instagram account is cool but at what point can i actually make a difference and so you know started a website you know, wabackcountry.com, we're, we're all about mentorship is conservation. We, we believe that's why I'm here in the expo presenting a seminar all about the next generation of hunting, you know, investing in people's lives and hooking them in the heart because where the heart goes, everything else goes. And so we're here at the conservation expo and a lot of it's about raising dollars for lands and wildlife and habitat and all that. So how do you get people that want to spend the money? You got to, you got to invest you have to invest yourself in their lives and that's what mentorship is really just loving people yeah so started a website um wrote a book book's not released yet um that's a part of the journey in which you know i had to wait for the book the podcast to come out the soulful hunter i I had this idea like the book's called found because i found myself in the wilderness but it's the story of the the soulful hunter and this the podcast is just another outlet for me to really voice how I feel about hunting and really redefine it, redefine it, reimagine hunting as you know it, bring the heart back into it, uh, bridge the gap for conservation groups, non-hunters, you know, being a middle school uh, public employee, I teach middle school PE and health, the education world is very, you know, liberal-minded, you know, mm-hmm. anti-2A, anti-Second Amendment, all this stuff. And so being in a platform in an area in which, I can share my message and, and invest in people is really, really what it's all about. So just one thing led to another and, you know, I've only been at it five years, but it was so important for me to, to really share this message and try to impact people's lives. And I'm down here at the expo doing my thing, but it all started also with uh, community events. So you create this, this community on Instagram, you know, you put yourself out there, start posting pictures, hopefully they're, you know, whether they're good or not, you're putting yourself out there. You're being vulnerable. And so from that, I was like, oh, man, well, how, how am I going to get to connect with these people? So I was like, I'm going to have a hunting, kicking, uh, hunting season kickoff event. So in August, I decided after, after that, that season of killing that bear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little event, put it out on social media, see who shows up. 13 people showed up. Hmm. I was like, 
no it's pretty way. good for a first time. Throw yeah. it out there. Yeah. And, you know, it was Instagram, slightly Facebook, you know. I just had an event this last December. We had over 80 people at this event. And the whole idea is now I have more opportunity. And it's not about me, but out of this, I've had more opportunity to hunt with people and learn other opportunities mm. because I, I took the, the courage and the step to put myself out there. The point is, is the community events isn't about me. It's about connecting people. It's about building community. You know, in life, you're, you're motivated internally by three things, sex, food, and the, the need to belong. And so, you know, obviously hunting provides the food, super important. The sex, we can talk about that on a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but the need to belong, you know, I was searching for a community and I was, I was, I hate to say it, I got rejected by people, but I just wanted to get in. I just wanted to get in. And so well, I'm curious, what, what made you want to like, what was it that sparked your interest in hunting? So your dad didn't hunt. Um, and you, you know, you've done a lot of living. What was it? Where, where was this turning point where you saw hunting as something you wanted to do? Great question. Great question. It is primal in nature. It's the, I always talk about the podcast's tagline is transforming lives through primal adventure. The, the primal, it goes back to our creation. Not everyone's meant to be a hunter. I get that. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, the tribal layer systems. Like there's certain jobs for mm -hmm. different people. Not everyone's meant to be a hunter. Mm -hmm. However, there are people that are supposed to hunt. And mm -hmm. I believe it was a call upon my own soul. You know, I had to call the wild mm -hmm. to be a hunter and then because of my journey, then I saw a need and I'm, I'm going to address it. <laughs> so yeah, I, no one, no uncles. I think I had some uncles that hunted, um, but I never went with them. They never really talked about it or, or whatnot. And so, well, I think too, and, and just culture, probably since the industrial revolution, you know, the need to the hierarchy of, or not even hierarchy, like the need to do something within a tribal community, really changed you know you start being able to have just food provided for you by somebody else there's no need for a person to be a hunter within the community anymore because you know you know, like mass food production and yep. all that kind of stuff and grocery stores and stuff so it changes the whole way too in which boys and or girls are raised into something that they're good at you know yeah and if you read a lot of the old tribal stuff or you just understand culture like that a lot of these boys were right from the moment they're born you know they're kind of they're trying to figure out who you are like mm -hmm. are you a warrior or are you a hunter are yeah. you a chief are you a you know um same you yeah. know like what is your place in the tribe and what are you going to do because like not everybody's going to go out and hunt but um you know i think probably the majority of men within a tribe were trained to be either hunters or warriors that was just part of life you needed food and you needed to protect what you had right we're and, natural providers yeah and so um and there's even cultures where women that's matriarch cultures where women did the same thing you mm -hmm. know they they were the ones who determined who who was going to do what and just don't really have that at least in modern culture anymore and uh, there's no really initiation rights anymore for boys. And, you know, it might have been like having your mentor or being raised for that one moment where now you're going to go get a deer or you're going to this or that. I don't know. Some tribes circumcise you in front of the whole tribe. Like, I don't know. There's like, you know, like <laughs> there rights there's of passage, like rights like of that. passage yeah. that happen. It's like, okay, you're a man now. This is what you do. Yeah. It's a little different today and has been for a long time. And, um, I think that can be confusing to someone who maybe feels it. They just don't really know what to do with it. I had, I didn't know what to do with it. Like it was, it was within me and I always, I grew up backpacking. So did a lot of sections of the Pacific Crest Trail and, you know, a lot of long adventures, but I didn't, I didn't even know what a grouse was until like four years ago. I was like, dude, there's just these giant birds the size of chickens out in the woods. Why have I never like, are you kidding me? You know, what direction a deer track is actually pointing, you know? So the the concept of of hunting is is drawing outside the lines. It's coloring outside the lines. You go out in nature and you experience it, and it is healing. It brings clarity. It brings purpose. And from that, I'm a better husband, a better father. It's renewing. You know, allows me to get in line with with my creator and 
I don't, it, I don't know what exactly it was, but it, like Jack London said, man, the call of the wild. Yeah. It was just there. No, it's so cool that you found it, right? Because yeah. um, it's almost like there's almost a little jealousy for someone who's done it his whole life. I just, I always, that's what my dad did. He taught me how to do yeah. it. But for someone of that age, of your age, to you to all of a sudden find it, now everything is new. Yeah. Like you have, you have so much to learn yep and you know it's just endless at this point so that's got to be exciting yeah we thought i so i just killed my first buck in november and i was talking to some people and and actually part of the, one of the things i wanted to address like when i went uh i hunted late buck in eastern washington a colville area a part of that was knowing that i was going to go over there so i threw a community event for people for one night like hey let's find a spot I had 30 people show up People drove from Spokane, all sorts of places, to come be a part of a community. <laughs> and so with that was really cool. But at that event and killing the buck that day and all that stuff, I was like, these are the good old days. You know, you hear in hunting, you've been hunting for how many years? Like 30 some odd years. You know, yeah. getting into hunting, you hear from these older guys like, oh, man, you should have hunted in the 80s. Oh, you should have tried, you know, sure. the 90s or back the good old days. These are my good old days. Mm -hmm. Like I'm making gains beyond belief, you know, from going out from never seeing an animal or finding sign to, oh, I saw what I was looking for. Okay. I didn't shoot anything. I didn't even see anything legal, but, but I'm making it the, like the gains is so much more rewarding now. And because I'm mature enough to actually recognize it. You know, the childhood youth of like not really knowing what's going on. You stumble across things. So I think that's what really impacted me so much more to then share hunting with the world. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good old day thing. That's, <clears throat> that's funny. I've thought about that many a time and it's always kind of bothered me. I, I think uh, it, it almost feels like a cop out for a lot of people. Yeah. Like uh, it used to be better. It, it's like a way of explaining why you were unsuccessful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's they, not yeah. like it was back then. Um, I don't have that mindset at all. Like, I feel like it, I feel like the opportunity right now that we have is incredible. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no shortage of hunts to go on. There's no mm -hmm. shortage of opportunities or animals. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Yeah. Maybe it's not just in your general region, mm -hmm. but the opportunities in the Western United States is incredible. See, I think with new hunters, you, you, yeah, the opportunities are out there. There's this overwhelming, like, how do I go? Mm -hmm. How do I take that first step? You know? And so I started on my website, a hunting one-on-one series. Very first top two questions I get is how do you find animals and where do you find land to hunt? You know? And so addressing that and, and going from there. And that was my big thing. It's like, okay, first off, I don't know where to go. I hiked years after years after years on public land not knowing that the same public land i was on i could carry a rifle or a weapon and go hunt you know i was in some of the most pristine areas clueless yeah and so it wasn't until you know a couple of years ago and i learned about onyx and that though i was like oh shoot that's the same trail that i've been on before you know and so i combined that with washington trails association's website because that's what i always would refer back to and and so you're in that, um, there, the animals are out there. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, is that you get to create your own story. Yeah. You know, so the new hunter is like, oh man, it's hard to want to go out of state because I don't even know where I can hunt in my own state or, you know, these, these long drives or whatever it is that takes people to different places. It's there. And it's through this conversation right now that we get to encourage people and be like, you can do it. Mm -hmm. you can do it you can do all these adventures and really impact your life you gotta start somewhere take the baby steps you know you gotta you gotta crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run and all that and it's gonna happen but i think now i'm in like my fifth year of hunting and i'm i had somebody talk to me they're like have you hunted out of state yet and i'm like well i mean i've hunted coyotes out of state but nothing like big game they're like you gotta start doing that and start investing in the future and thinking about the epic adventures in which you create for yourself. It's not so much about hunting out of state because it's better hunting over there, but it just puts so much more emphasis on the adventure side of it and makes it a lot more special rather than just driving down a mountain road, seeing an animal, pow, you know, yeah. like, 
Yeah, it, <clears throat> I feel like it allows you to, you know, there's some people that don't agree with out-of-state hunting, you know, yeah. they want it very localized, but it allows you to grow as a hunter because you're learning new country, new animals, new terrain. And it's, it's, I feel like now I, I really enjoy, like we live in Montana. We live in one of the best states out there in the West. Here. Yeah. I, I could definitely stay in Montana and be completely satisfied with just the hunts and opportunities there. Um, but even when I was in Washington, I've hunted Montana a lot, but now I want to seek out these other places, mm -hmm. add a new challenge, yeah. add a desert type hunt to it, add a, you know, just a different level, a different elevation type hunt or a different species or whatever. Keep improving your craft. Keep improving. And you, through that, you just become a, a better hunter all around. Yeah. So that's one of the fun parts and, and it's learning country, not just the animals, but a big part of it is, uh, like you mentioned, when you're, you, you probably did a lot of hiking, you look at the country totally different. Oh, totally. When you're just hiking down the trail, you lost in a conversation maybe with your buddy, but when you're hunting, you pick up things that you never picked up when you're just backpacking. Right. You, you learn so much more. You, you pick everything apart and you just pay attention right. so much more deeply than you do when you're just bebopping down a trail. Right. I mean, I think most hikers probably think there's no animals out there. The fact <laughs> totally. is they're always on a trail and there's usually a lot of people at the trails these days. And yeah, they're not running across right. the trail all the day, all day long, but you get <laughs> off trail a little bit or you look at a different area and there's, there's an incredible amount of animals. Right. Get it to a meadow and all of a sudden it's like, wait, these green plants have blueberries on them or huckleberries. I'm like, oh, that's why the bears are here. Like, you know, I was completely oblivious to that. And I think that's something that people miss. You know, you're really, you know, I'm a teacher by trade. You got to break things down for people. You yeah. really, you know, slow it down, check in on them, all of that. So, well, yeah. uh, Ryan, for a good. 20 years he, he you weren't that much of a world traveler besides alaska and whatever else you were plenty happy being in washington yeah you were like there's plenty of country in washington like and washington's a hard state to hunt in yeah like there's not as many animals as like montana and there's more people and there's more pressure and you gotta hike farther and be you know like but we lived in granite he he took my daughter up in two days. They hiked way up in the mountains and got a bear. And he he, he was like, listen, you know, it might be a little more ha harder work to get to some of these places. But Washington, like, why do I need to go anywhere else? Yeah. I mean, he was like that for a long time. And then he started expanding out because, you know, the challenges. I think as he got more mature and older, he needed more challenge. Well, then it went to, you know, it's like, uh, okay, now I've seen Idaho. Now I've moved on to Montana. Right. I moved on to here. And now I'm at the point where, um, boy, New Zealand has got some opportunities and adventures that I haven't, <laughs> haven't and I explored remember, yet. And I remember, you know, we, you talk about that. I was like, why would I want to go to New Zealand? There's yeah. plenty of country here. Yeah. So yeah, as you age, you, you kind of want to add a, a challenges and adventures. And you want to learn new places and in the end, you become so much of a better hunter. You've, you've just seen more. Right. Um, you learn things from one animal that will apply to a different animal. And it's not just, um, I, th I, th I think that's for me what I'm getting out of, like, just looking at a new unit, a new county, a new state, mm -hmm. and now a new country. Right. Um, but all within reason, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not traveling around hitting these expensive African hunts and doing all that. I, I see, uh, I see opportunity in a place where it's very similar to the States, mm -hmm. very cheaply done. Um, and, and it's not overly expensive by any stretch. It's yeah. affordable. Yeah. So that's what turned me on to that. But yeah, I think opportunities, um, that we have, like even in Washington where, they all satisfied me for a certain amount of time, but I think it's an evolution of now you've accomplished these things. Yeah. I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again right. because you're just not improving. Yeah. Agreed. You know, uh, we, we get used to things and become comfortable and then all of a sudden the comfort causes us to do things that, you know, they don't sharpen us. And so uh, yeah. I, I want to really acknowledge you and for something that you guys said on one of your podcasts, specifically you when you were talking, you take your daughter hiking and hunting, talking about creating a scavenger hunt. Yep. On Thursday, I actually mentioned that in my seminar. Mm. 
because that impacted me as an adult onset hunter. Because if you think like these new hunters, kind of like that child mindset, give them something to look for and gain small successes. So I've always referred like what you said on that podcast, talking about taking your daughter and the scavenger hunt, like, okay, well, we might not see an animal, but this is what we're going to look for. See, sure. see if you can see this, see if you can find that. And dude, yeah. that lit my world up. I was like, oh man. That <laughs> have is, you seen that, that video gold. too? We did a video on our YouTube channel of it. <coughs> I'm it's a video of him out. and the beginning starts out where she's in the back of the truck and he's driving and, and she says, he says, well, we're going to go hiking. And she's like, mm, okay. And then he's like, yeah, well, we might see some bears. We might do some bear hunting or something. And she goes, really? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And she was, like, so excited. Her face, like, lit up. I think and I mentioned that I have a tag. You so. had a bear tag. And oh. we might get a bear. And then she knows what that means. And she was like, oh, really? And, you know, she wrote a list of all the things she wanted to see and do. And, yeah. you know, get a bear was one of them. And she still tells that story to random strangers on the street. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I was trying to, plan that thing out in my head it's like the last thing you want to do with a, a youngster is turn them off to something yeah i knew the hike was going to be tough but it's like it's like when you take your kids hiking a lot of snacks right yeah yep keep <laughs> keep them entertained whether it's snacks you use out of snacks they're gonna have a miserable time <laughs> and they're gonna hate you pretty quick and it's gonna turn sour but um you know a scavenger hunt they're always looking for something there's yeah. always like well, maybe around this corner, I'm going to see that mountain goat, or I'm going to find that bird feather, or I'm going to find the flat rock, or whatever you do on your scavenger hunt. Yeah. Um, and that's always been my my concern is, um, you know, not burning her out, but just making it enjoyable mm -hmm. so that she remembers it and enjoys it and looks forward to another one. Yeah, exactly. Being a teacher, you know, if children or students don't have success within a certain short amount of time, mm -hmm. they're going to give up and then not return back to it. Right. And so doing, not having a community for hunters of support or for them not really having the skill set and able to make gains and all that turns them off. And then, you know, you lose a hunter, you lose someone who's not invested on the legislation side and the voting side and, you know, all sorts of stuff. It just ripple effects to a much larger, um, I'd say, concern for protecting hunting and making sure it lasts and it starts with a scavenger hunt mm -hmm. you know even for the adult yeah you know maybe it's not like the feather or the flat rock you're looking for but you know can you find a rub can you find oh, yeah. a track can you find a game trail go find a, a huckleberry field or yeah. whatever it is there there's your success okay maybe it didn't work out this trip but now you got something to build on and and mm -hmm. you're making progress and and so that you know you're impacting lives you just well, don't even know it through what you said. <laughs> yeah. Never in a billion years would I have figured I got to the point where I, you know, I'm looking at like building a community of people. Um, and, you know, we can talk about the politics of it and all that. But we just want to have, you know, from what Hill and I are doing, we want to get people understanding. Like in the past, we used to talk about her group of people, uh -huh. which was completely different than my group of people. Right. I understood my group of people. Her group of people didn't really understand my group of people <laughs> and vice and versa. you didn't really understand my group of people. Right, right. I'd be like, uh. Yeah. And so, you know, teaching them, um, or not teaching them, but just allowing them into our world a little bit yeah. mm -hmm. and more of an education. Like, this is what we do. It's not so bad. It's not like you think. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to despise what we do if you just pay attention to movies or mainstream media or have a teacher that poo-poos anything and everything about what we do. Yep. Unfortunately, back in your state, Washington, uh -huh. like you said, that's pretty prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, in Montana, my daughter was sick for a week with strep throat, and the teacher had to go in to get some assignments. And she said, oh, that's so, that's too bad. I was hoping she was out hunting. Oh, was yeah. her dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, uh, where am I right now? <laughs> right. You yeah. know, I mean, it just, it was different, but go ahead, babe. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, could you imagine like, well, if hunter education was taught everywhere in this nation in schools? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. You know, they teach driver's ed in schools. Mm -hmm. That's a life skill. 
You know, don't kill people driving cars or doing stuff like that. Right. Why isn't Hunter Ed taught? That's a life skill. Gun safety. That's a life skill. You want to start saving lives and, and investing in people. Absolutely. You know, well, so. there are countries, you know, like Switzerland and those places, people learn firearms. They learn, I mean, there's, yeah, everybody learns how to shoot a firearm. Everybody, you know, has one in their home. And Switzerland's probably the safest place in the whole world. Right. You know, um, we don't, I think, like, if I had had hunter safety in school and just even learned about animals and learned about things it doesn't mean i would have wanted to hunt but it doesn't mean it, it means that maybe i would have been able to see that you know this is a part of our heritage it's part of i think of, that has a lot to do with that would help a lot is uh knowing where we came from and we all came from hunting right, right. a lot of people just don't put the pieces together bingo they don't understand that's where we came from it's not a bad thing yeah. we wouldn't yeah. be here without it right yeah we wouldn't and i th i think that that those you know all the woulda shoulda couldas but i think what ryan and you are both trying to say about community is that you start as you start getting older you realize that you're not going to be here forever and you also realize like what you know you do have children and they're going to be here longer than you hopefully right in a perfect world Correct. Um, and you want them to to remember those things, not to forget. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the thing is like, um, what is it? You know, there's a forgetting sometimes that goes on yeah. about the past. And I'm not really one for living in the past. I I'm like a future seeker. Like I'm I'm about looking forward. I don't really live in the past. Well, there's a good book that says but, don't remove your ancient landmarks because they help direct you where you're going. Yeah, and yeah. I I feel I feel that looking back and seeing how people lived that thrived, and I only use certain Native American communities because I kind of grew up with that, but I've also read a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Th those communities have not thrived for a long time, and what westward expansion did to those communities changed their worlds forever. Yeah, but if you look at how those people lived, or or even how maybe we as tribal people from wherever we were from, right? from the British Isles or from Europe or Africa or whatever. Yeah. Um, the way in which our societies lived. Yeah. You know, we, we think that all this stuff that we have is how it's always been. And right. for the majority of human existence, it's been the other way. And not that we want to go back there and have all the hardships maybe and have that, but the respect for it and remembering that those urges that you have, they're there for a reason. Exactly. You're not just crazy. Exactly. And we see so much mental disease today and disheartened and and um we see people just unhappy. They're just like confused. They don't know what they're doing with their life. They don't have a purpose or they spent their whole life getting somewhere and they still don't feel like they have a purpose. Yeah. And what I have experienced with my husband is he has a purpose. It's just he's always had a purpose. Like how you see him, this is his purpose, and what yeah. he does is his purpose. He would be doing this whether or not anybody even knew his name. You know, we used to be able to walk through an event like the Hunt Expo. Nobody would even know who he was. It doesn't now that people know who he is. It doesn't change what he's going to do with his life. Yeah, like that's his purpose. But now I think having the platform, mm -hmm. not being so introverted, and having people like you approach him, he he now realizes like. Wow, I need to create. I need the community. Like, I want to share what I know. Yeah. Not in just like, well, I just know this stuff, and I'm just lucky because that's I was raised this way, and this is what I do. It's like now he's like, well, geez, I have a lot to teach people, and it's really important because these skills you guys are talking about. Yeah. They're dying. Hey. I mean, look at the average person in the world. Like everyone wants plant-based burgers and they want you to give up your guns and, and they want like everybody to be vegetarian. And they, you know, there's like a lot going on that this like way of life, if you just like, yeah, it'll just go away. I want to read a quote real quick that really stood out to me. And it really is like a driving force behind why I believe hunting is so valuable and why we need to take a stand and talk about it. And it's out of world war two. Um, he goes, first they came for the communists, and I didn't speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the train trade unionists, but I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, but I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for me, and no one was left to speak. That's how I feel about hunting. 
And so that's why I'm on the forefront of like, people need to know about it. People need to get involved because I don't want that life that you were just talking about, mm -hmm. you know, meatless burgers and all that stuff. And I found purpose in hunting. Uh, it wasn't maybe so much hunting that created the purpose, but it was me getting out in nature and being still and inward reflection leads to outward correction and really taking a look at myself and realizing how much better I was when I returned back to civilization. And, and all of a sudden I was like, Oh, you know, it clicked. And so, dude, if you believe in something, you got to take stand, you got to, you know, stand for nothing or fall for anything. Abe Lincoln said that. Yep. I've said that to my wife a bunch of times. It really jumped out at me, man. What a great quote. Yeah. It's so fitting for this, yeah. this topic. And that could apply to anything somebody's passionate about. It could apply to politics. It could apply to, you know, racism and sexism and all the things. It's like if you believe in something strong enough and you just sit back and you just hope someone else is going to do it, someone else is going to change it, someone else is going to fight for it, you just wait. Like yeah. eventually there's not going to be anybody left to fight for it because everybody was doing the same thing. Right. And I am like 100% guilty of that. Because I'm like the person who doesn't want to get like into politics and religion. I don't want to get like into what people should think. Everybody should be able to do what they want. Like that's sort of my personality. And but I think if you are passionate about something that's positively changing lives mm -hmm. and is inclusive of everybody, and that's what I've really noticed with the hunting community is like there's a lot of stereotyping that goes on. Like it's just all a bunch of white males, which probably it, the majority of it is based on just, just the cultures in which hunting is in. But there's plenty of African-American males that hunted. Yeah. You just don't see it. You just Actually, don't hear about it as much. Female hunters are the number one largest yeah. growing group. And so yeah. females are coming in and you have, and what I've seen in the culture is in this culture is that actually like people are very accepting and they're very giving and what i've also seen is like honestly like you can have your religious beliefs and this kind of stuff what i've seen is people are not sexist they're not racist they're not um your sexual orientation really honestly doesn't really matter to them it's like this is what we love to do we have camaraderie in this we want to keep this we want to keep public lands we want to keep wildlife like this is important stuff. And I, I haven't, ex you know, w w changing that. And I think that's because people like you are coming in and we're just having a lot more conversations about it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, don't be afraid, lead with courage. Like, yeah. you know, people need to be advocates for themselves. And that's what we try to teach our students all the time. You know, yeah. you don't know, I, I didn't teach it clear enough for you and you're still lost. I don't know that you're still lost. Raise your hand, get your teacher's attention, advocate for yourself. And so, you know, people out there want to learn how to hunt, take the step, advocate, reach out. I'm a resource, you know, I'm, I'm here to support you, you know, and at the same time, you know, you doing your scavenger hunt, you probably didn't realize that you impacted me. And now look at, look at here. I am like you're sharing this seminars. message. Like, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. big, every single thing. Like the you, butterfly wing. Yeah. The butterfly wings, man. I always talk about the ripple effect and I always talk about, you can't out give good. You know, you what goes around comes around, but you got to take the first step and put yourself out there and everything that you do, you know, do it with the good intentions. Your intention of, of getting your daughter jazzed for what you're about to do was super cool. It impacted my life. I'm sharing that message. And you know, it's like, there it goes. That's great. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Love, love everything you're doing. Yeah. I've, I've had fun sitting back and, and watching <laughs> your, your growing leaps and bounds, you know, and just in this last year. So I appreciate it's really it. exciting. To well, see you're it. also good. You're motivated and you're motivating and you're positive. And that right there is yeah. enough to make people want to be like, all right, and honestly, I, I can do this. <laughs> the position you have and where you reside and all that, it's, it's so needed. Yeah, I'll be quite honest. Yeah. There's been a lot of <laughs> yeah. times where I'm like, oh, I should get out of teaching. And then I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm put here for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So yeah. it, it's good stuff. Actually, ironically, the Utah State uh, NASP tournament, National Archery and Schools Programs tournament is here this weekend. And I oh. just got our my school certified. And I brought archery into my school in Mukilteo. And that was uh, 
that was something else. But wow. you know, just you know, you do what you can, man. Yeah. And, but do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Love it. Well, thank you, Johnny Mac, for being here. Oh, thank I'd you. I'd love to talk longer. I think we're getting get... kicked out of here oh. right now. So, <laughs> can, just give us your info real quick. How people can reach you? Washington yeah. So, uh, Washington Backcountry is on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. We've got a YouTube channel with uh, some cool videos up on there. Uh, also, the Soulful Hunter podcast is on Instagram, Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, but you can go to wabackcountry.com or soulfulhunter.com. It's the same website, different landing pages. And uh, from there, we have Hunting 101 uh, articles. We've got a forum that we're launching to really try to be more of a resource, you know, looking for hunters, um, getting uh, connected in your community, all sorts of stuff. But reach out to me. I'm, I'm here to support people. I'm here to... Um, be a resource man uh, i just i love people and i, I want to invest in lives so yeah thanks for having me on cool. i really appreciate Absolutely. it yeah. yeah thank you okay thanks again good night yep.